Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. This is episode six and in this episode I'm discussing six essential thinking routines that you should have in your repertoire. So these are thinking routines that you can use to create engaging discussions with art or artefacts or they're routines that will help you develop and grow in your work as an educator. I found it actually really hard to select just six out of the 100 plus thinking routines in my ultimate thinking routines list, but I've given it my best shot. I've chosen one all-rounder, one thinking routine based on observation, one thinking routine for perspective taking, one routine to help finish a discussion, one routine to help you with question formulation and finally, one thinking routine for reflection. By the way, if you'd like a copy of my newly updated Ultimate Thinking Routines list, then I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can sign up for your own copy. It's uh, freshly updated with new routines and it's got 100 plus thinking routines in one place. And I find it a really useful reference document. And so it might be useful for you if you're interested in creating your own engaging discussions. So let's start with number one of my six thinking routines that you should have in your repertoire. So what's at number one? It's See, Think, Wonder. So See, Think, Wonder is my all-rounder. It's one of the most popular and well-known thinking routines. And it's the thinking routine that most people know when they come to me for training. And also the one I like to teach people first. It's a really excellent routine to use when you're new to visible thinking and also a good one to use at the beginning of a program or a session. Now, one of the reasons why See, Think, Wonder is a great place to start is because the three stages of the routine mirror the stages of a balanced discussion. We start with observation, we move on to interpretation before we finish with wondering and questioning. So there are three questions. What do you see? What do you think is going on? And what are you wondering about? And by separating those first two questions, what do you see and what do you think is going on? See, Think, Wonder really helps participants distinguish between observations and interpretations. And this is a key point because it stops those knee-jerk reactions, those hasty judgments. And also by encouraging individuals to wonder and ask questions, this routine really stimulates curiosity and helps people reach for new connections. So it's a great routine that you can use with a huge variety of materials and it works well individually, in small groups and with whole group discussions. It's really straightforward and easy to use and it naturally leads to that open-ended inquiry. And I think See, Think, Wonder always works. It always works brilliantly and you can apply it to a variety of situations, circumstances and environments. 
There are also many, many variations of see, think, wonder too. So there are uh, ways you can include the senses with uh, variations like hear, think, think, wonder, taste, think, wonder, touch, think, wonder, and smell, think, wonder. Or you might want to start with touching and put an object in a bag or under a cloth and have your your group feel the object and describe what they're feeling before you then move on to observation. There are also other variations of see, think, wonder that you might want to try out once uh, you're more experienced in using the original format. So if you're a little bit more experienced, think about trying wonder, see, think see, wonder, think, see, think, wonder, feel, or see, think, wonder, write. And there are also two really good routines that are spin-offs from See, Think, Wonder. And these are ones that I use frequently. There's See, Wonder, Connect, which was developed by the National Gallery of Art in Washington. And there's See, Think, Me, We, which is a new thinking routine that I've added to the ultimate thinking routine this week. And this one was developed as part of Project Zero's Art as Civic Commons project. And both are well worth a look at too. So that's See, Think, Wonder, uh, all-rounder. What about the second one? Well, I've chosen Looking 10 Times 2, which is a routine that helps people slow down and make careful, detailed observations. So this is your go-to observation thinking routine. And I've included it here because it's incredibly useful to use. It helps you to make a list or an inventory of what people are observing and what they uh, are describing at the start of a discussion. So it's an excellent thinking routine to use to focus on observation and description. So as you may know, observation is a really key part of the visible thinking in the museum method. It's really important to observe first when starting discussions before moving on to interpretations. As I said, this avoids people jumping to conclusions and also helps people to see the whole picture. So observation is always the first step and should never be skipped. But some thinking routines do not include an observation and describing step. And therefore, this routine is really handy to have in your repertoire because you can combine it with other thinking routines. It combines well with uh, thinking routines such as step inside, beginning, middle, end, main side, hidden and many more. So how does it work? Well, the first step of this thinking routine asks you to look carefully for at least 30 seconds. Then you're asked to make a list of 10 words or phrases that you see in the image or object. You are then asked to repeat the exercise and find 10 more words or phrases. So why do we do it twice? Well, by repeating the exercise, it encourages you or your participants to push beyond first impressions and anything that's obvious. So on the second time when you look, you notice new things that you may not have seen before. Now, you can choose whether you share your observations in between the first and second steps or you can share all the observations at an end. A side note here is that on programmes where time is short, 
such as guided tours or some educational programs, I frequently shorten the routine to five by two, which asks for two lists of five words or phrases. So looking 10 times two is very versatile. You can vary the way you work with it. You can use it individually or in pairs or even in small groups. And you can be creative in the way you set it up too. For example, you could perhaps set a timer for completion of each list or you could ask younger participants to draw what they see instead of write. I also like to hand out post-it notes for participants to jot down their lists. Or if we're working online, um, I get participants to enter their lists one by one in the chat and get them to cross off anything that's already been said, just a bit like bingo. Um, if you have the space, these uh, can be added to a portable whiteboard to create a full description of what you've all been looking at. So it really is a very versatile observation routine. So that was looking 10 times too, and I'll put links to all of these routines in the show notes for you as well. Our third essential thinking routine to have in your repertoire is step inside. And step inside is a really wonderful routine that you can use to explore different perspectives and viewpoints, open up thinking, and also to help people imagine things, problems or issues differently. Now, it works really well in combination with another routine that encourages observation. Uh, So I like combining step inside with looking 10 times too. And it can be used with any kind of visual art, also photojournalism, objects or text. And you can really use step inside to bring abstract concepts, ideas, pictures or events to life. This routine really does magically encourage that kind of empathic thinking and it helps participants to make a more personal connection to a theme, to an artwork or an object. Now, this routine used to be called Perceive, Know, Care About and you can see this from the three questions. The first question is, what can the person or thing perceive? The second question is, What might this person or thing know? And the last question is, what might the person or thing care about? Now, in the past, I've noticed some groups have struggled with those words, perceived, know or care about. And sometimes I therefore offer synonyms for these words to spark ideas. So for perceive, I might add see, observe or notice. For what this person or thing might know, I might understand, add understand or believe. And for the last question, what might this person or thing care about, I add value or hold dear. I sometimes also use a graphic organiser and this helps participants think about each of these questions and perhaps bring in the senses. So I might ask um, them to think about what that person sees or notice or what that person or thing hears, tastes or smells. Or maybe even bring in the emotions with the question, what do I feel? So all of these additions really help participants to step into the shoes of the person or thing that you're discussing. And if we have time, we also discuss wonderings and puzzles too. 
So as I've said, we start this thinking routine with a thorough observation of the object or artwork, as this really helps to spark ideas and curiosity and stops participants going into the perspective taking cold. It gets them thinking about it first. I then like to divide up into uh, three smaller groups and have the participants discuss the three questions in their little groups. You could also divide into three and give each group one of the questions to think about. And the questions literally ask you to step inside the shoes of the object or artwork and imagine things from their perspective. And quite often I round up by asking each group to present their person or object from a first person perspective. And some of them might even act out their role too. So that was Step Inside, our essential routine for perspective taking. And now I'm gonna move on to headlines which is a really useful routine that you can have for finishing a discussion. Now, headlines helps capture the essence or the heart of an idea being discussed, and it's also useful for summarising and synthesising ideas. It is composed of just one question. It's quite long. I'm going to read it out. If you were to write a headline for this topic or issue right now that captured the most important aspect that should be remembered what would that headline be? So this routine works well at the end of a discussion and in combination with other routines, such as, for example, looking 10 times two and step inside and then headlines. And it's a really good way of rounding up and concluding a discussion before we might move on to the next object or artwork. But I've also had fun using it at the start of a discussion and then again at the end. You can ask people to write down their headlines and then they can refer back to them after they've written their second one at the end and then they can compare. So uh, that was headlines thinking routine, which is great for summing up. And now I'm going to move on to creative questions. So... As we talked about in episode four, which was the five golden rules for asking brilliant questions, questioning is the skill you want to master when you want to create engaging discussions around art and objects. Now, I use the creative questions thinking routine. It's also called question starts frequently. And I use it to generate or brainstorm a list of interesting questions for new objects, images, or perhaps themes that I would like to use in a discussion or as part of a new programme. And this routine really encourages you to observe and get to know the artwork or object you're researching. It provokes your curiosity to find out more and gently pushes you to push beyond questions that are purely about information. So brainstorming a list of questions in this way allows you to flow through your first ideas and then go beyond to deeper or more generative questions. And I believe brainstorming questions is a great regular practice to get into. It will really help you to feel more comfortable and adept at forming questions and also helps you to think about something in a fresh way. So maybe there's an artwork or an object that you'd like to include in a program, but you're not sure how it would work. You're not sure whether it's interesting enough or you're not sure whether it has too many themes that you could perhaps talk about. 
So doing an exercise like creative questions with one of these objects will really help with this. It will help you narrow down the options. So I definitely recommend this as part of your educator toolkit. So creative questions ask you to brainstorm a list of at least 12 questions. And there are a few question starts provided to sort of help you with the process of phrasing interesting questions. Um, so the question starts are things like, what would it be like if? How would it be different if? What would change if? Uh, how would it look differently if? Or suppose that. Now, after you've come up with your list of at least 12 generative questions, you're then asked to place a star next to the most interesting ones. And you can then take the time to discuss one or all of these starred questions. And if you're doing this exercise on your own, you can do it individually or you could discuss the questions with a few colleagues. And actually, I think working through the steps of this routine with others will really help to generate a list with a sort of a bigger variety of perspectives other than those of your own. You could also choose to explore your starred question more imaginatively too. You could play out some of the possibilities. You could write something. You could draw a picture. You could imagine a dialogue or interview for the answer. So explore your starred question by playing out different scenarios and possibilities. And the final question of this thinking routine asks you to reflect and it asks you what new ideas do you have about this topic, concept or object that you didn't have before? So I really recommend that you give creative questions a go and perhaps let me know how you, got, you get on. I know that members in my Visible Thinking membership have found it a really useful thinking routine for their practice and maybe you will too. So our final thinking routine, we've just done creative questions and now we're moving on to a thinking routine all about reflection. And this is a new routine, it's called ESP plus I and it's featured in the new Power of Making Thinking Visible book that came out last year. It's a thinking routine that can be used as a tool for reflecting. Now, there are many thinking routines that are great tools that you can use for reflecting. So I use things like I used to think, now I think, uh, chalk talk, ladder of feedback, connect, extend, challenge. But recently I've been using this one and I'm really enjoying using it. So this routine looks at the key areas of meaningful reflection and it focuses on four categories, experiences, struggles, puzzles and insights. So the first question about experience asks what were some of the key actions or activities that moved your thinking and learning ahead? The second question asks what were some of the things you struggled with or found challenging and had to overcome? The third question is about puzzles and it asks what new questions came up for you along the way about your topic or area of focus. And finally, insights. At this point, what additional or new insights do you have on the topic or process? 
So you can adapt these questions for whatever purpose you need. And I have adapted them for use in my Visible Thinking in the Museum online course. And for this course, we, uh, we have reflection practices throughout the course, throughout every class um, and through the modules as well. But I use ESP plus I at the end to reflect on the entire experience. And we actually use it during uh, a class that's devoted to wrap-up reflection and next steps. And using this routine, it allows participants to step back from the course and to analyse what they've learned up to now and to assess how far they've come from the start. And I really think that learning to reflect on their experiences helps the course participants to become more aware of their challenges or their puzzles, but also gives them time to recognise how they've developed and how they've grown and what successes have taken place. So it's also a really useful routine for me and I use it generally for reflection. I've used it to reflect on my courses and classes that I've created and other aspects of my work and practice. And I think that ESP plus I really helps me to learn more about myself and how I create educational and learning content and experiences. So that's it. That's my roundup of six thinking routines that I think you should have in your repertoire. But I'm interested to hear from you. Are there any that I've missed out? What others would you add to my list? If you'd like a full list of all 100 plus thinking routines, don't forget to sign up for my newly updated Ultimate Thinking Routines list. As I said, it's a great resource for all the thinking routines in one place and you can use it in your own unique way. I'll put the link in the show notes and you can sign up and receive your very own copy. Uh, as an aside, if you've already signed up for this, don't worry because I'll be sending out um, a newly updated version to everyone this week as well. So that's it for today's episode. I really hope you've enjoyed it. You can find me on Instagram most days at Thinking Museum. So head over there and tell me what you think. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bound. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.